We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And again, we're going to continue the show now and uh, pre-recorded this just, you know, for uh, for clarification with Jared Lloyd, because you'll probably notice I'm wearing a different shirt <laughs> in this in this video coming up. But Jared Lloyd, he uh, covers BYU for the Daily Herald out in Provo. So we talked a little BYU football uh, getting ready for the Shamrock Series game. Notre Dame, BYU, and the Shamrock Series, of course, coming up this weekend. Jared Lloyd is with us. He covers BYU football for the Daily Herald and HeraldExtra.com. Thanks uh, thanks again, Jared, for uh, for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure. I love talking football, so so this is great. I'm looking forward to this matchup. Should be a lot of fun, one that's been a long time coming. Yeah, you you know, you're exactly right about that, and I was thinking about that. It really has been. This, this is one that was kind of cooking – you know, for a long time, and we're finally getting that. And this is, you know, it's also one, it was supposed to be a BYU home game. And, you know, as they continue to negotiate this thing, it ends up being in Las Vegas and part of Notre Dame's Shamrock series. And I know kind of, it seemed like maybe back in the summer, you know, kind of leading up to this, I, I, I know maybe not all BYU fans were happy about how this turned out. How are they feeling right now? heading into this game is there any resentment kind of lingering at all I think there's a little disappointment because uh, you know BYU did have Notre Dame come to Provo a couple times and you right. know I, I think there's that that national cachet that the Notre Dame brings and they were looking forward to I mean originally it was a six game slate that they signed on for and that was going to be four in South Bend and and two in Provo and and the Provo game, you know, just with the evolution of college football, both for BYU and for Notre Dame, kind of made everything kind of not happen the way it was originally supposed to happen. And, you know, frankly, I enjoyed my trips to South Bend, and I think BYU fans did too. There were a lot that made that trip and uh, got to see BYU take on the Fighting Irish in South Bend a, a couple of times and and kind of looking forward to that return trip. But, you know, Tom Homo and BYU's director of athletics I think he he wants to keep a really good relationship with Notre Dame. I think that's really important to him. And so finding a way to work to make this game happen. And BYU is going to have a lot of fans down in Las Vegas. They always do. So that's sure. not going to be a big deal. I, I, I think that I think he's satisfied. But I do think there's some fans that would have loved to see this game be in Provo. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, that's it, it's not the first time I guess things have turned out this way when you know when Notre Dame gets involved in a series and stuff like that. Um, Kalani Satake, he is now in year seven there at uh, at BYU. What's what's kind of the temperature on him at this point? Is he is he still pretty well thought of there? Oh, he's he's. You know, considering what BYU's been able to accomplish in the last three years. Now, there were some doubters heading into 2020 because, you know, they'd had a really, you know, a couple of mediocre seasons. And there were some people thinking, well, you know, is he really the right guy? And and as you know, the uh, the the way that uh, the college football world is, Sean, the, the patience with, with coaches is it seems to be shrinking year by year. You get less and less leeway as a coach. But, you know, the way that they played in 2020, came back with a really strong campaign in 2021, you know, started out well here in 2022. I, I think that, you know, and the fact that he's an, a BYU alum, the fact that he played for the Cougars and has a, a, a tremendous passion for BYU football, that resonates with most BYU fans. And, you know, sure, everybody wants to win the national championship every year. And that, that's at most institutions that have any sort of tradition. And that's not going to happen. You know, that's just not realistic. But he's absolutely, you know, done a great job. And and you know, you got to you got to give a guy credit when you know they've they've lost a total of five games in in two and a half years. That's that's a solid solid showing. I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee, especially since I'm not really a coffee drinker. But ever since we first tried trade coffee, my coffee loving wife is not only hooked, but I've even started to drink coffee, and I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. I've told you about our collection, the rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee, the full flavor of the black velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose. Because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping at drinktrade.com irish. That's drinktrade.com irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, and the, the Colorado job just came open, as, as you well know, and we've seen already now five Power 5 jobs come open just in the, what, the first five weeks of the season. I'm curious when you look at Colorado, like when you look at a school like BYU that's been able to, with multiple coaches, sustain some success out there, whereas a program like Colorado really has not been able to find that footing. Why do you think BYU has maybe been able to be so much more successful than than a, a school like Colorado that, that's you know been in a couple of different Power 5 conferences? Well, I think BYU embraces what it is. It's a religious institution. It has some very significant demands that it puts on on athletes that come to BYU. They're expected to to follow, not do, just do well academically, but also you know and, you know some of the honor code things that they have, and and they embrace that. They 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 want athletes that want to come and and live at that standard, and 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 you know as well as playing great football and. And I, I think because of that, BYU has been able to establish a culture and build off of that. They, they do a great job in recruiting. I know a lot of times BYU doesn't get, you know, highly regarded, you know, highly touted recruits. A lot of times, you know, they, they're not high on the recruiting rankings. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to those, to be honest, Sean, because to me, every athlete needs to prove themselves at the level they're playing. And all these recruiting stuff, they, they haven't proven anything until they do it at the next level. And so BYU has just been able to really embrace that. And because of that culture, they've gotten in a lot of talented guys, developed a lot of talented guys, you know, been able to, to keep their coaching staff together. In, in a lot of regards, that's, I think that's underestimated in college football when you're able to get good coaches, keep them around so, so the players know what the expectations are, understand what they're trying to do and are able to buy into that. And I think that's all been beneficial for BYU that they've been able to, to use that. And we'll see how it, how it pays off when they go to the big 12 next year, because then it changes a little bit. You start playing the same teams year after year and they get more and more familiar with you. So you have to be able to do things a little bit different than you do in BYU's current independent schedule. Well, and they, you know, they did, it's been what about a dozen years now since BYU made that decision and, you know, has been independent how how did it did it go the way they thought they you know did it go the way they thought it was going to go slash the feeling now as they make this segue into the Big 12 you know what what do fans think about that well i know BYU fans feel some vindication frankly i mean they feel like BYU's tradition i mean they've got a national championship they've sure. got a Heisman trophy winner they've had a lot of top 10 top 25 teams over the years you know, frankly, since the advent of the passing game under Lavelle Edwards, BYU has been in the national conversation for much of the last 50 years. And yet they never were given the same credence, probably partly because of politics. You know, BYU as sure. a religious institution, you know, particularly the West Coast and the Pac-12, which was kind of the natural geographic fit. Politics definitely came into play with that. 
And so to finally get an opportunity to join, you know, rejoin TCU, join Baylor, join, you know, some of these other schools that that have some some similarities with their religious, um, you know, religious approach, as well as, you know, just, just some great, you know, some great institutions in the Big 12. I think BYU fans do feel, hey, it was our time a long time ago. Now we actually get to do it. I think independence was about as good as they could have asked. I mean, they played a lot of big games and a lot of great places, had a lot of opportunity for their fans to really show up and support the team across the country. And, you know, I, I've been to I've been to games in, in all, all corners of the country and seen BYU fans sometimes even outnumbering the home fans uh, at some of these games just because they've got a national following. And Notre Dame understands that because they, oh, they're absolutely. able to do that as well, you know, because right. they've got such a national brand. But it really helped BYU build that brand and and set them up. And particularly the last couple of years, the success also put them in a position where they were a natural fit for a conference looking to expand. I noticed for for the big names, you know, that BYU has on its schedule this year. There's no Utah on the schedule this year. Is there any so is is the future of that rivalry in doubt at all, especially with BYU making the move to the Big Twelve? What's going I on think there? It, yeah, I think it has to be, Sean. I think that they have to look at it. You know, you look at these nine game conference schedules. You look at adding a you know, you add a, 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 a non-FBS opponent a lot of times to that schedule. That's 10 games right there in, your, in both conferences. And the fact that they don't play each other in conference means that, uh, you know, BYU and Utah only have a couple of games on their regular season schedule that are even possibilities anymore. And, you know, when BYU was independent, they could work around it a little bit more. And Utah was willing to work with that, you know, depending on what Utah's schedule was. But I don't think it's going to be as consistent, which is sad. You know, I think teams like Florida and Florida State have been able to make it happen year after year. But it has helped, you know, having not as many conference games. And I just don't know how, you know, BYU and Utah are going to work it out being currently in different conferences. Now, is conference realignment done? Could they eventually end up in the same conference somewhere? Sure. You know, who knows how that's going to play out. But at this point, I don't think we'll see it every year. I'd like to see it as often as possible because it's such a fun game here in Utah. You know, that, that, that rivalry battle is just, you know, it's, it's something that football fans look forward to every single season. And, and the years that it hasn't happened, it, it just doesn't have the same buzz between, you know, across the entire state. They had a little uh, different kind of rivalry game, I guess, last week against Utah State, and they improved to 4-1 and one after winning that game. And they kind of had to turn it on in the second half to, to end up winning that game by 12 points. Were you surprised at all at how competitive that game ended up being? You know, I was a little bit surprised, but I knew Utah State was going to come in and give everything they had. I mean, that's they 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 feel like you know BYU and Utah often don't res respect them. The, the Aggies feel that they're not as respected as you know as BYU and Utah, and and so they come in with that chip on their shoulder, and they really changed around what they were going to do. They brought in a new quarterback and really changed their approach, and it worked really well for a half. But BYU was able to wear them down, and and in the end, you know the the W is what matters, and that's what BYU got. Right. Was it the most impressive performance against a Utah State team that's that struggled quite a bit? No. And I think BYU looks at it and says, hey, we, we need to play a lot better football if we're going to have a shot in the next couple of weeks against Notre Dame and Arkansas. But, you know, at the end of the day, they got the win. 
they didn't they, they were able to stay relatively healthy which was big and they had the extra couple of days i know notre dame's coming off a bye week but they did have the extra couple of days because it was a thursday game yeah, and those those extra couple of days do make a difference so they're able to 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 have a, a little bit more time to get prepared for this game against notre dame got a pretty experienced quarterback in uh jaron hall 33 touchdowns just six interceptions combined in the last couple of years is is it fair to say that they pretty much go as he goes he's their best player that uh, you know as far as skill positions he's the guy that makes that that offense go and you know he is so much fun to watch i've actually watched him since high school he's a local kid here in the area and watched him grow up his his he's a legacy kid as as well his dad kalen hall played at byu back in the in the 1990s when there i, I believe there's also games against notre dame back in those days but uh you know he he comes in and plays with such level-headed – he's such a level-headed kid. He doesn't get too high. You know, if there's a mistake or problems, he doesn't get too low. And and he doesn't throw a lot of bad balls. Now, there's a couple of, of passes. Every quarterback has a couple of passes that maybe either could have been intercepted or should have been intercepted that weren't. But for the most part, he puts the ball where his receivers can get it, and it's really hard for defenders to get to it. He makes good decisions. He's a veteran. You know, and he, he takes care of the ball really well. And that's kind of what BYU wants him to do. He's not necessarily asked to go out there and throw 50 times a game and, you know, just light it up like like BYU quarterbacks of the 80s and 90s. But manage the game. Don't make turnovers. Make smart calls. Make good reads. And he throws a really nice ball. He's, he's really shown that that he can put the ball in a lot of different windows, the back shoulder fade. Yeah. You know, he can throw it deep. He can do a lot of things. And, and he really is, Sean. Like, I, I really believe that, BYU plays and wins when he plays well and gives them that chance and you know that that really the offense really depends on how he's doing well he, he seems to distribute the ball well but the receiver who stands out is Keanu Hill who's the guy you know 20 yards per catch plus compared to the other guys you know a little bit more bunched up in their uh, yards per catch totals I guess what maybe kind of sets Hill apart do you think well, Hill does a really good job getting getting the ball down, you know, getting downfield and making a play on the ball and on the deep ball. That's why his his yards per catch are so are, are so high. He does he gets a lot of attention down the field, and he's really had to step in and and play a bigger role since BYU's top two receivers have been injured, not at a hundred percent. I don't know if either of them will be at a hundred percent this this week, but he's stepped into that and been that big play guy. They've gotten some other, you know, some 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 nice plays from some other possession guys that have have really allowed Hall to move the ball around. And you know, he he's not trying to spot, you know, he's not trying to to lock in on one guy. He's really good at trying to see what the defense is going to give him, and then get the ball to the right guy and 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 make the most out of it. And you know, maybe that's a five yard route, maybe that's a twenty yard route, maybe it's a fifty yard route. And and he really does try to. To, to read that and 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 does a good job with it and so Hill's been able to to benefit on a lot of those deep passes and and he does a good job down the field I saw you gave their offensive line a C grade for last week's game is that kind of their biggest pretty much their biggest offensive question do you think is just the play of that line well it's you know the expectation that BYU had because they brought back seven eight guys with experience talent the the you know there, there was a high expectation that this offensive line could potentially be one of the best BYU's had. Some of these guys are getting, you know, national award attention, even draft attention, and yet they haven't really seemed to be quite as good as I think 
um, as they expected to be, to be honest. I, I think they expected to be better than they, they were. I mean, in the first half against Utah State, BYU had negative 21 yards rushing. And part of that was a, a fumble, a, a, you know, a, a ball that got knocked backwards. But most of it, they just weren't running the ball very well. And so there is a, a little bit that, that that unit needs to elevate its game. And C was, you know, they, they were definitely average, in my opinion. I feel like they, they have the capability to be a lot better than that. They're big, they're physical, they're experienced. I don't know if they're as fleet of foot or, you know, as agile for some of the, the run schemes that BYU is running. And so defenders have been able to beat them to spots at times. But yeah, that, that line, that group, it, it, it really, I mean, it's been great in pass blocking overall. It really has done well there, but yeah. the run block, there's definitely some, some area, uh, quite a bit that they can improve in, in that aspect of the game. Well, on the other side of the ball, they rank 93rd in the nation against the run and Oregon was really able to exploit that with over 200 yards. Utah State ran it really well in the first half against them last week. How, how big a concern do you see that in this matchup specifically against Notre Dame? I think it's huge. And I think Notre Dame's proven that it can move the ball on the ground and then you know take advantage of what that opens up. And I, I think BYU is fully aware of that. And you know they, they really do have some questions to answer there. How much of it is scheme? How much of it is execution? And how much can they clean up in both areas? Because, you know, a lot of what they've tried to do against Oregon, against Utah State, and to a lesser extent against Wyoming um, was, was to, to try and take, so, take away some of the short passes and, and some of the things that they expected. And then those teams came out and ran the ball a lot more than, than they anticipated. And the scheme and the execution both weren't great. There were a lot of mistakes and so Notre Dame, I, you know, I'll be very surprised if Notre Dame doesn't come out and say, hey, we're going to try and test you the exact same way. Right. And they've got the, the line and the running backs and the ability to do that. The question is, is can BYU avoid the mistakes, the missed tackles, the, the you know, the assignment um, breakdowns that allowed those teams to be really successful? I think that that's a, a pretty significant step from what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. So I do expect Notre Dame to have some success on the ground and but uh, you know BYU's got to limit that and not you know not let Notre Dame control the game with its run game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so when you look at this matchup, Notre Dame, BYU, BYU wins if what happens Saturday night? Well, I think the, you know, we've just been talking about it. I think it comes down, I think BYU wins if it's able to win the battle in the trenches. Um, I think that if Notre Dame controls both the offensive and defensive lines, then I think Notre Dame wins because Notre Dame's going to run the ball. It's going to be able to control the clock and do what it wants. And, you know, then you open up the, you know, the, the, the uh, play action pass and, you know, getting the ball out to the wide receivers, tight end, obviously a fantastic tight end. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a lot of options there um, as far as what they're, they're able to do if they're able to control that line of scrimmage. And, and the same thing's on the other side of the ball. BYU is not able to run. If they're one-dimensional, Jaron Hall's really good, but that really, you know, that allows the Irish, you know, linebackers, blitzers, 
defensive lineman to just pin their ears back and go after him. So BYU's got to be strong at the point of attack. And, you know, this is basic football 101, right, Sean? You know, win in the trenches and you win the game. That's it. BYU's big enough and physical enough to be able to match Notre Dame. But I really feel like the team that's able to to get the edge in that area is going to be the, the team that comes out on top. Yep. I think that's kind of what it all boils down to as well. Great stuff from Jared Lloyd covering BYU football for the Daily Herald and HeraldExtra.com. You can see all his BYU stuff there at HeraldExtra.com. Enjoyed it, Jared. Great stuff from you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Have hey. uh, Enjoy the game Saturday night. Thanks, Sean. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a really fun contest, and, and we'll see what a lot. We'll learn a lot about both teams from this game. I think so, too. Take care. All right. So there we go. Jared Lloyd, some uh, – I mean, I don't think he's thinking too far off from what we're thinking, Vince. No, I I, I agree with you completely. I think he is uh, – he's right there, no doubt about it. And I think he's right. And I think he's his last sentence, I think, is accurate. We're going to learn a lot about both of these teams on Saturday. Yeah. I think so too. And like, you know, like he said, you know, just looking at BYU, they look like they should be physical, but you know, again, I, it's not like I've watched every game, like we've watched every Notre Dame game, but just watching what really is an undersized Utah state type team, be able to move them around at the point of contact down right. at the line of scrimmage. That's if, if Notre Dame plays their game, that's, that's a big advantage for the Irish yeah, Saturday night. Yep, no doubt about it. It's going to be fun. I'm excited about it. Should be a fun one. <laughs> I, I I don't know if Vigo is serious here well, or you know like <laughs> so you never know. <laughs> All right. Hey, well thanks guys. Appreciate you uh stopping by tonight. Uh and again, of course, IB countdown to kick off a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock Eastern time and uh, so Vince and I will be here with that as uh we Get all the nuts and bolts and get ready for Notre Dame and BYU Saturday night. I'll talk to you then.